Welcome to this APTA podcast. Your APTA membership helps to advance the physical therapy profession by supporting our research and development efforts, including the association's work to improve the long-term sustainability of the profession. The development of APTA's landmark report, The Economic Value of Physical Therapy in the United States, would not have been possible without the support of our 100,000-plus members. APTA is using this report to inform policymakers, payers, employers, and consumers about the significant role and economic value that physical therapy brings to the healthcare system. The podcast you're about to hear is a part of a series that explores the report's general impact as well as describes the findings on individual conditions and treatments. The report uses an economic model to calculate the net benefits to patients and the U.S. health care system of choosing physical therapy over alternative treatments to treat eight different conditions. For all eight conditions, osteoarthritis of the knee, tennis elbow, fall prevention, cancer rehabilitation, carpal tunnel syndrome, vascular claudication, stress urinary incontinence, and acute low back pain, physical therapy was found to have a net economic benefit over the alternative treatment. Once again, welcome to this APTA podcast on the economic value of physical therapy in the United States, a landmark report from the association that shows physical therapy's potential to deliver true economic value to patients, the U.S. healthcare system, and society as a whole. I'm Troy Elliott, and on this podcast, it's the second in a series we're producing on the report. If you missed our first one, it's on the development and general findings of the report. You may want to give that a listen for some background, because in this episode, we're going to dive into the ways the report's findings can be leveraged in advocacy with federal and state policymakers, as well as commercial payers. To do this, I'm joined by APTA staff members and volunteers who can help us understand this report in the context of its use as an advocacy tool. With me today are Christina Fauché, a physical therapist and co-owner of Moreau Physical Therapy based in Louisiana and Texas. Christina is also a federal affairs liaison and governmental affairs chair for APTA Louisiana, as well as a governmental affairs liaison for APTA private practice. With us today is Janet Shelley. Janet is a PT and Chief Disruption Officer for Therapy Partner Solutions. In her roles with APTA, she's an appointee to the APTA Public Policy and Advocacy Committee, and significantly for this podcast, a co-chair of the Physical Therapy Value Report Work Group. Christina and Janet are joined by two members of our APTA staff, Chase Kuhn, Payment Specialist at APTA, and Justin Elliott, Vice President of Government Affairs for the Association, and welcome to you all. Janet, I'm, I'm going to dive right into it with you. You helped to lead the group that steered the conceptualization of this report, and um, you were along for the whole ride as the evidence was gathered and analyzed. So first, I'm interested in how you describe this report to others in the profession who might not know about it. So your, you know, your elevator speech on this, and more specifically, in terms of advocacy, what are the big picture messages that you think policymakers need to know about this report? Thank you, Troy, for the opportunity. So physical therapy changes lives for the better, and those changes create a healthier, more productive society. But for the first time ever, the economic value of physical therapy report quantifies physical therapy's potential to deliver true dollar savings to patients in the healthcare system. We all know the clinical effectiveness of physical therapy is well-researched and is familiar to policymakers and payers. We know physical therapy produces excellent outcomes. But APTA's new report goes beyond the simple comparison of treatment costs to show how physical therapist services are more cost-effective than other courses of care. Thanks. Justin, 
given what Janet just said, I want to turn to you for some insight. And I know we might be treading into scary yeah. territory here, but I want you to help us get inside the head of a lawmaker on Capitol Hill. That is terrifying. <laughs> we don't have to stay there very long, but, but here's what I'm getting at. Um, we can all identify the information just as, as Janet so wonderfully summarized from this report that a legislator should know, you know, the stuff that we want to communicate, the stuff we want to tell them. But, you know, there's another side of this, which is what findings from this report would be attractive to them? You know, what do you think you could get them? I mean, what do you think about it would get them to take notice? Or is it more about how you frame it, what it is you think they should know about? Um, and then once you have their attention, how could that translate into advocacy uh, and for what kinds of issues? Yeah, so I think, you know, first, the big picture uh, message to, to policymakers is that an investment in physical therapy is an investment in the U.S. healthcare system. Um, you know, this report confirms what we've all known privately, and that is the economic value that physical therapy uh, brings uh, to the table, the value we bring uh, to payment systems and to the healthcare system. Um, and then we, we, the, the downstream's costs, the, the, um, the broader economic impact, the quality of life uh, for the patients uh, we serve. And so this kind of confirms everything we, we've known, and it does so in a way that paints the broad uh, macroeconomic impact uh, you know, that PT uh, has on the healthcare system. I do think that the timing of the release of this report is very good because, as folks know, uh, there's been a lot of talk, of course, about, you know, how we can have a value-based payment uh, under Medicare uh, and Medicaid. Of course, uh, we have seen year-over-year -year cuts to not just physical therapy, but dozens of other providers uh, under the Medicare fee schedule. We've seen uh, low payment uh, in, in state Medicaid uh, programs. So the, the timing of this report uh, is good in terms of uh, supporting our advocacy efforts, uh, both at the federal and state level, as well as with large employers uh, and commercial payers. And, you know, I think policy, you know, the, first this report is an independent, objectively uh, done in, uh, report, and it is really aimed uh, to inform broader health policy decision-making. And policymakers and, you know, again, payers really need to consider uh, the insights in this report uh, so that they can support and advance policies uh, that support access to uh, coverage of and, and payment for physical uh, therapist services. I mean, if we're going to really maximize the economic value, we need policies that position uh, PTs, and that includes policies that um, would position PTs as entry point providers um, and ensure beneficiaries have timely access to proven cost-effective care. But it also means they need to look at things that reduce uh, the paperwork and admin burden. Uh, we need PTs and PTAs spending less time filling out paperwork uh, and more time uh, treating uh, their patients. But I think, you know, if, of all the eight conditions that were modeled, you know, that really does show the depth and breadth uh, that PTs and PTAs bring to the healthcare uh, system. And, you know, just one example is, you know, false prevention. False prevention is a huge issue right now uh, under Medicare, and the need to prov uh, expand uh, false prevention services is, is critical. And so I think this really does support um, our efforts uh, that we're working on to um, include PTs in the Welcome to Medicare visit and the annual wellness visit uh, in a falls prevention uh, position. And so I think there's a lot of good stuff in this report that will support a number of our initiatives and issues and bills uh, with payers, with Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, legislators. Yeah, and you know, for all the talk at various levels about outcomes-based care, right? Value-based care. This really hammers home 
outcomes. This really links outcomes to value, you know, in a way that I think is, is really important for the profession. Christina, I'm going to turn to you and ask you the same kind of question, but in terms of state-level advocacy, what do you see in this report you think legislators would take notice of, and what sorts of changes do you think it might help to spark? Thank you for inviting me to speak today. As someone who's advocated to advance our profession on Capitol Hill and at the state capitol, I'm thrilled to have this data that I can use as proof of what I've been saying all year for many years. On a state level, I would say that you can think about pretty much any legislative issue that you have. You can relate this back to the value of PT. So if your state is thinking about running a bill on prior authorization or gold card legislation, improving the state Medicaid fee schedule, direct access, fair copay, telehealth, or payment parity. Again, just about any legislative issue that, that you're thinking about pursuing, you can weave this data from this report into the conversation. So for example, if the state's having an issue with credentialing um, with a payer and they decide that they're going to run a bill that deals with credentialing, then you want to highlight that not only does the credentialing time lag create a workforce issue, but now you can also highlight that the access issue caused by delaying providers from being able to serve patients um, who truly need physical therapy services is also also costing the health system more. Great. And I'm going to stick with you and Justin here for just a minute because I want to talk to, I'm going to shift to regulators, which is related, right, but different also at the same time. So either of you, what what do you think in this report, what's in it for them and, and what will they like to hear about? So, you know, I think first of all, you know, again, with the report, it shows, again, a, a, it's a macroeconomic uh, picture. And I would I would start off by saying, you know, uh, APT has never produced a report like this, um, and I, quite frankly, I'm not aware of any other uh, healthcare association that has done a macroeconomic report on the depth and breadth of as many as conditions that are are in this report that looks not only at the cost uh, in comparison of the interventions, but the quality of life uh, impact. And so I think from a regulator standpoint, um, this should have, I would hope, uh, paint a picture that again, an investment in physical therapy is an investment in healthcare, and that is why they should look at again some of the regulations and policies that we have on the books uh, that are uh, or uh, barriers to care, uh, barriers to access, and regulators should be looking at ways that again, given the um, uh, the the impact, the economic uh, economic impact of these conditions, looking at ways to better position PTs and PTAs. Um, we need to change. Uh, policies and and this report hopefully will move the needle uh, and be a catalyst uh, that will change some of these policies. Again, we want to maximize the economic value. We cannot maximize economic value if there are outdated policies on the books. If we're doing spending more time doing paperwork than patient care, and quite frankly, if we're not getting paid uh, the value of the services that we bring to the table. Yeah, and Christina, I'm um, I'm thinking what springs to my mind first at the state level is the 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 ways this is a tool for direct access arguments and improving direct access, and I'm sure there are a host of other regulatory level things at the state level that this can help with too, right? Right, absolutely. Um, if you're considering, even if you have direct access already, but it's a limited direct access, you'll want to use the information from this report to really highlight that physical therapy um, isn't an expense to the healthcare system, but truly a cost savings, and why physical therapists should be a primary point to um, entry to primary care. Yeah. So there's, of course, another channel for advocacy, and that's the commercial payer world, which is sort of a different animal, but uh, still a key uh, 
player in all this. Uh, Chase, I know you've been looking at this angle. So what kinds of opportunities does this report present when it comes to that world? Yeah, thanks, Troy. And, you know, like you said, it's the, the same kind of trends that we see in, in regulation and policymakers that we see with our commercial payers. I think the biggest way that this report informs kind of commercial payers is that it does provide that concrete example of how physical therapy not only improves outcomes, but how it frequently does so without increasing costs. And it may in fact decrease costs to the healthcare system. And in turn, uh, those payers who are kind of on the hook for a big portion of the healthcare spending dollars, uh, this report, it, it gives us data uh, to prove cost savings. It's a great way to talk to insurers about looking at their own data. You know, here we are showing you that physical therapy saves money. You should look at your numbers. We think you might see the same thing. Um, and so we know this tool will be, uh, or we know this report will be a great tool in talking with payers who are continuing or adopting policies that limit or block access to effective treatments like physical therapy. Uh, and having this data is something that payers will need to answer to. Uh, and so we've got to use the info in this report to challenge policies that create these barriers. And I know that my team uh, and EPTA will be doing so, but I think it's also really important uh, for individual physical therapists to engage in these efforts, like when they're negotiating contracts with these commercial payers. You know, the more pushback that we're able to give to these disadvantageous kind of boilerplate contracts, the better we position ourselves as a profession in the future. And uh, like mentioned before, I think I think another space that this report can have a huge impact is with self-insured companies. You know, those those big companies that provide insurance directly to their employees. They don't have the same profit margins as commercial insurers, so they're really motivated to reduce healthcare spending. They also uniquely care about the things that are highlighted in this report, like missed work, um, because not only are they paying for the healthcare but they're also losing money when their workers take time away from their jobs. And so this report really highlights that travel time and miss work uh, and determining the figures for these quality years. And it does a really good job at positioning physical therapy in this space to help with these problems. And I think you make a really great point about, in terms of advocacy, about the power in the commercial space, the power of the individual PT as an advocate with these payers in terms of the way they negotiate their contracts and look carefully at their contracts, because that's where the real power is. It's a whole different kind of arrangement for commercial payers than it is when we're doing advocacy at the governmental and regulatory level. It's a different conversation that happens. And 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 with the commercial payers, the, the individual PTs certainly have a, maybe more leverage than they realize, uh, and they can use the report. Uh, we've been, of course, we've been parsing this out in terms of the different types of, you know, on-the-ground advocacy. But, Janet, I want to get back up to the 30,000-foot level and ask you to talk a bit about what you think this report reveals in terms of the benefits of physical therapy, uh, not just for patients, because that makes it very obvious, but for the healthcare system overall. Well, Troy, simply put, physical therapy, and particularly physical therapy first, or as the entry point, as you've heard several times today, after an injury or an illness, could save millions of dollars annually to the healthcare system. And we can accomplish this um, several ways preventing expensive medical procedures. Physical therapy is non-invasive. It's a low-cost alternative um, to surgical procedures or other more invasive treatments. For example, um, physical therapy can help individuals with musculoskeletal issues or injuries avoid surgery by improving their condition with exercise or manual therapy, 
by preventing the need for surgery, the healthcare system obviously will save a substantial amount of money. We also can prevent hospital readmissions. If physical therapy becomes involved with patients who are recovering from surgery, injury, or illness, um, we are instrumental, we know, in reducing the risk of those readmissions, which are costly both to the healthcare system and to the patient. We can reduce medication expenses. Um, physical therapy can help patients manage their pain, improve their condition without the need for long-term medication. We are also um, can help manage chronic conditions such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, arthritis. We can help the patients maintain their functional abilities, their mobility, which all of that will overall lower the healthcare costs associated with these conditions. And probably last, physical therapists also can improve long-term health and wellness with prevention. We can focus on improving their overall health um, by maintaining healthy lifestyles, being active, um, all the things that contribute to those chronic conditions that increase the burden on the healthcare cost. Let me follow up by asking you to zero in, uh, I mean, I think, on the chronic condition piece of this, what you're saying here, because as we know it, the numbers just keep going up in terms of burden, in terms of healthcare cost burden, both in the United States and worldwide. So talk to me a little more about the, the chronic condition end of it. Um, well, for example, a patient who has arthritis, um, has pain, stiffness, functional difficulties, and uh, by engaging with their physical therapist, they can strengthen muscles around joints. They can um, learn how to manage their pain. Um, they can be taught safe um, transverse procedures, again, further limiting their risk for additional injury. Yeah, and I know that PTs know this. I mean, this is, <laughs> they should, this is as PT 101, but that's the kind of argument, right, that you need to bring to policymakers and payers and things like that. Those are the kind of messages that need to be delivered because they reflect costs, right? Exactly. And and in today's um, current structure, oftentimes the copay for physical therapy is um, far more than even to see a primary care physician or to obtain a medication that could be addictive. So we need to flip that script and we need to have a lower barrier to see the physical therapist to hopefully avoid those additional costs. Well, thanks, Janet. We're going to wrap up here and I want to thank you all for being here, but I've got a couple more questions. I think for you, Justin, first, what are your thoughts on how members can leverage this report in their own outreach efforts? I think Christina talked a little bit about that and so did and so did Chase. And then I suppose this is is really pretty much related. How is APTA supporting members in sharing this report with policymakers? Well, great question, because first I would say if folks have not uh, been have not visited the website yet, go to uh, valueofpt.com. Uh, and on that website, we not only have the full technical report, uh, but we also have a couple of summary papers, executive summaries, uh, including a, a, a summary paper aimed specifically at policymakers and a summary paper aimed specifically at payers. We also have videos on that uh, website, one aimed at consumers and one again aimed at payers and policymakers. And this is 
these are tools and resources that members can utilize uh, in their day-to-day -day practice to educate consumers uh, and promote their practice or uh, and uh, their practice setting uh, as to why they should choose physical therapy. Um, there are these other advocacy tools uh, can be utilized to support efforts at the state level as well as federal level in communicating to policymakers about this report and why it is important and why it is time for change. There are also some really cool infographs that individuals can download and co-brand with their clinic logo uh, that they can then share with patients um, and consumers again to really promote the value uh, of physical therapy. And so I think there, are, you know, there's and there's going to be even more resources as we go along. This wasn't just a one and done rollout. This is something that's going to be part of our conversation for the next several years. And so over the weeks and months ahead, we're going to have and add additional resources uh, to this uh, website so that members can continually have new tools in their toolbox uh, to utilize to promote themselves, to promote the physical therapy profession, and hopefully be agents of change to address some of the concerns and stresses we have right now. Bottom line, you look for more to come. Yeah. Well, thanks, Janet, Christina, Chase, and Justin for giving us insight into how we can put this report into action. Uh, listeners, you can count on hearing a lot more, as Justin said, a lot more about this report along just about every APTA communications channel. And there's a lot out there, so please stay informed. It's an easy thing to do by simply following us on social media, Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, uh, as well as by way of our APTA weekly emails, which arrive in your inbox every Every Wednesday. We'll be sharing news about the report as well as other information critical to the profession. And of course, it's all free to members. And don't forget to be on the lookout for the other two podcasts in this series. Our first episode uh, that provides the general overview that I mentioned earlier, and the third part of our series, which focuses on leveraging the findings of the report with consumers. Thanks for listening. APTA's landmark report, the economic value of physical therapy in the United States would have not been possible without the support of our members. If you're not an APTA member, visit APTA.org to learn more about the value of membership. You can also read the report and find resources to promote the value of physical therapy at valueofpt.com. Make sure you're also following APTA on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and Instagram to join us in informing consumers, policymakers, payers, and employers about the significant role and economic value that physical therapist services bring to the healthcare system.